Hello everybody and welcome once again to this new episode of Sotorial Talks at home in Bourgogne with my beautiful wife Sonia Glynn. Hi Sonia, how do you do today? So far, so good. How are you doing? It's a beautiful day. I'm again, going very well. Yeah, we are very lucky with the weather. Uh, Bourgogne is not the reputation of being a very warm weather. Uh, this is why we make some so... It, the wines we make here are so particular because it's a fresh region and you can not feel... Not so easy. Not so easy. It's Sorry. difficult and this is the one of the rules of winemaking. The more the soil is poor, the more it's difficult to uh, make wine. The less you have sun, the more you make the soil express itself. But it's another story. You know, I'm, I'm passionate about wine. So today uh, we're going to speak about something, um, uh, uh, the relationship between two worlds that we don't really... Uh, put normally together, and even further than that, uh, normally people speak, oh, used to speak before COVID-19 about fast fashion. And I remember, remember writing an article uh, in Valparaiso, Chile, don't ask me why we were in Valparaiso, Chile, uh, about style and patience. And these are two words that, according to my experience, are intimately linked. This is the exact reverse of fast fashion. Style requires patience. What do you think? That's right. Well, you know I'm going to tell why we're in Valparaiso, Chile. Because you've already revealed on several different episodes or mm -hmm. in your writings that our, you dentist, sure you want to do our that? dentist lives in Chile. That's right. And so Hugo was going for dental treatments um, off and on for a few weeks. And he had a swollen uh, mouth and all this <laughs> dental uh, stuff going on, and so it was perfect time to reflect. Isn't it? Isn't it snug to have a beautiful balcony? Very simple, yes. Airbnb, but a beautiful balcony. We'd sit out there and write. So now you know. So yes, the subject is of style and patience, and you're giving some guidelines for only for those who want to think about the subject, and for those who want to act on the subject, maybe become a little more patient than they've been in the past. So you might you might think that it's a little bit snub to 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 tell people that your dentist actually live in Chile, Santiago, Chile when you are from Paris. It's a long long I was about to say a long drive. It's a long flight it is. to get your teeth made. But at the same time, I was not so snubbed because believe me, when I wrote this article, I was not at the best no. of myself because I had a lot of things going on That's in right. my mouth. But now right. I'm feeling better. So let's go. I don't remember so, exactly what I wrote on this well, article. I have the pleasure of reading an article of yours this time, mm -hmm. and it's called Of Style and Patience. And do you want to put any music in the background while I start? Uh, let's go. You prefer piano or cello? Well, we've done cello lately. Let's try piano today. Piano, so three, two, one. So Justin Mellon for Sotoil Talks. Yes. Building your own personal style may be a tricky endeavor, but it is far from being a superficial pursuit. Mm -hmm. As in all areas of life, presenting yourself to your best advantage can have a positive impact in meaningful ways. A while back, we wrote a piece that addressed the subject of how a good sartorial education can, can change, change your, your life. life. But as more and more of us are realizing the importance of defining a personal style in the way we dress and behave, we're still fighting an uphill battle. Now, Hugo draws a description here. 
Maybe you recognize this description. Picture a corporate executive wearing a suit that is two times too large for him. Oh yeah, I remember that. With shiny, cracked, faux leather shoes on his feet. Not to mention his novelty tie with perhaps cartoon characters <laughs> that was gifted to him by his children last Christmas. Donald Duck. This man is at work toiling away at his upteenth PowerPoint presentation painstakingly working on each slide to deliver the most impactful presentation possible. I'll pause because we can't make fun of all cartoon characters on ties. As you know, a lot of uh, very prominent products like Albert Thurston uh, suspenders are making penguins on ties, a lot oh, of clever of things. So, okay, we're of not course. putting that down. But well, I get the picture. I, I, can, I see the picture of the person mm. and, and, and the, okay, the belt with the tie notches, mm-hmm. oh, I'm sorry, the belt with the notches that has that one notch that's really worn out and is bigger than all the other notches. <laughs> and the belt, you know it has to be 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just, it's that picture. Not that we're judging. It's just that picture of that person who's working so hard and maybe neglecting his mm. style. Can you just finish the thing on the PowerPoint? Because I have a long reaction on that. Because okay. PowerPoint is, is probably my personal enemy. Okay, so hold that thought. This situation begs a simple interrogation. How much more powerful would the executive's presentation be if he decided to spend a fraction of his PowerPoint time and effort on developing his own image? Wouldn't a little sartorial education further the cause of making his presentation more memorable and impactful that any snazzy slideshow alone could hope to deliver mm-hmm. and i think after i'm i'm, I'm taking an example of somebody yes. saying hello with a slide right you follow with a comparison you say compare the two examples below which do you prefer a jazzed up slide that reads hello everyone <laughs> illustrated with a formulatic teamwork themed GIF. Oh yeah, you know the all the hand joined together or people looking at the same summit. This kind of uh, stupid picture that is supposedly teamwork. Yes, yes, we know the photos. Mm-hmm. Or would you prefer a soberly dressed man wearing a suit that fits well, a freshly pressed white shirt yes. with a solid colored tie, along with a pair of well maintained shoes, who is saying hello? to his audience with a simple smile. Well, did I wrote, I wrote this in 2015, I guess. So, well, uh, it's, just, um, it's just an observation uh, that I had. Um, you may or may not know. I know you know, darling, I've been working in special event industry in the production industry Yes, that's for why years. you have the right to talk about this, because yes. you did it for a long time. For a long time. I've been also kind of a ghostwriter for many CEOs and um, have been, well, media training a lot of people. And, um, and so I think there was, back in the years, and I think it still is a kind of an executive disease, which is the overuse or even the abuse of the PowerPoint presentation, or they call it slides. I hate that word. Oh, I'm going to make a slide. And it goes as far as sometimes people uh, use this software from Microsoft even to say hello. I found it so bizarre. I find this so 
extreme how to say hello with a stupid picture on the slide instead of just coming on the on 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 the stage and say hello with your own voice why do you have to say hello and then you have these people who are working so hard to make transitions and things popping up and things you know literally Uh, and so most of the time you can't even read what it doesn't treat because they throw some graphs and some stuff and it's just for me something that has been abused by executive powerpoint has the pretension to transform a dumb person into a, a fake clever person i'm sorry this is very for me i think we've been pushing this too far i think another thing that you might agree with is that it kills the imagination it kills many things actually if you even watching uh videos if someone is talking about okay let's take our subject style yes it says think about the belt and then they hone in on the belt <laughs> what if you wore a brown belt versus a gray belt and they and hone the in new, on the brown yeah, belt exactly. and the gray but sometimes you know it's better to think in your mind about how you would imagine such a belt you touching the right point PowerPoint, and the point of PowerPoint is that you never, if you, 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 you overuse illustration, it's like the people overusing B-rolls in the video, maybe we, we have a tendency of underusing them, maybe to the other extreme, but overusing illustration and showing things that, that speak for themselves, what do you create? You create for the people the, the non-possibility of contributing. Yes, that's If right. you say something instead of showing something, you give people the right to contribute. That is to oh, say, yes. if you speak mentally, if right. you speak about, for example, imagine a man without uh, wearing um, uh, suspenders uh, instead of this crappy belt that he's been out wearing and then the big hole on the, uh, where he puts his belt is too big and so Instead of showing a crappy thing, let's people imagine because they can, everybody can relate to that somehow. That's right. And you're asking um, the person to participate. Exactly. Uh, instead of just sit there uh, like a wooden uh, statue yes. uh, while you feed information. Yes. I remember, you remember when I was invited, I was three or four, five years ago to this international fashion summit. At, it was a university in Spain. You remember yes, that? I do. And I don't remember, ex it was in Pamplin. Mm. University in Pamplin, very famous university in Spain. And there was a fashion summit. They do this every other year. And I was invited as the, to, to give the, how do they call it, the, um, the final speech, the final keynote. A keynote. keynote. Ah, it's yeah. another That's user. right. Keynote. Keynote is oh, the name of a software. It's, it's the name of a software. They say the final speech. And I remember the assistant or the person say, oh, Mr. Jacomet, you're going to speak soon. I was speaking after somebody from Condé Nast, from Vogue magazine. And I remember this young girl coming to me and said, can I have your slides? Yes. And I was looking at her. I said, oh, I don't have slides. I think she was about to faint. <laughs> I, think she was. I think she became white. I think she thought you were joking. Yeah, because it, it has a tendency today. We have the impression that people can't, they cannot express themselves without the support of a slide. This is ridiculous. This yeah. is something we have to fight against. For me, this is, uh, if, if we 
Now let's correlate this with what we're speaking about in okay, terms of, of course, style. Okay, of course, of course. But in defense of some visual um, things like slides yeah, or from how, time whatever to time. the modern way is of presenting things because it changes uh, probably every year. But uh, some people are visual, so it helps them to see something yeah. and correlate it. But you yeah, can but, go too far. This yeah, but 10% of the time, uh, if you really want to show something or a graph that explains something, yes. And then we all have that belief, which is not my belief, but to say one picture uh, picture speaks more than 100 words. Well, I prefer words personally. Uh, but yes, anyway, that's true. But so don't see. say hello with a slide. Please say hello with yourself and try to dress with, uh, with your size. This is another problem because when I, I have, I'm sorry, I'm, uh, this is it, I'm excited yeah, you're about that. Yeah, you very emotional. It's, no, it's just because I'm under so many guys, and especially, I'm sorry, sorry, my friend, specifically U.S. CEOs with oversized suits. Well, now they say suit. they don't wear suits, they wear T-shirts. Yeah, whatever, but oversized pants, and they're saying hello with a PowerPoint. Right. Imagine <laughs> the same person dressed elegantly, not too much to show off, just the right size, with a beautiful, a crispy shirt, a beautiful tie, yeah, and nothing extravagant, and say, hello, my friends, how do you do? Beautiful, so beautiful. And I think the elegant suit is coming back, and, and we'll see, time will mm. tell. Let's see how you continue. You say, yes. you say, isn't it time that we elevate the significance of the way we present ourselves to others as being just as important as a redundant slideshow that in the end bores everyone to tears. The answer seems obvious, yet even though many men have taken sartorial matters into their own hands over the past few years, many others still believe that the importance of a PowerPoint slideshow trumps the importance of developing a strong personal image. I really I really insist on the PowerPoint. Maybe I'm it's a matter sorry. of habit. It's a matter of habit, I think. People well, call I mean, habits. Well, because now I know so many people, even now, they wanted to discuss things with me and they say, I prepared a few slides. Why don't you just speak with me in terms of, instead of so preparing you say, some slides? You say, this kind of thinking that dismisses... Tell me when I can put some music. Is it long enough? Uh, no, no, not really. Let's wait. Later. We have a, just two more sentences. Later. This This kind of thinking... Um, that dismisses the importance of a person's image and personality in favor of audiovisual content yes. is a quite unfortunate attitude with far-reaching consequences that include stunting the way we interact with each other, a loss of charisma, and a numbing effect on our natural behaviors. Yep. Very well put. Conversely, a speaker who is stylish, both with his words and with his clothing, will have little need for props yep. and can create a hush among his audience. It's so true. With nods of approval and plenty of applause for being spared yet another rote yeah. presentation. I experienced this myself. You're the expert with that. You're always surprising your audience. Well, because I experienced this myself so many times when I give speeches. Oh, well, I do this often in front of different kind of crowds. Wait, now, Hugo is the kind of person, if you've never seen him speak, he could stop in the middle of a speech and say, hold on, I have an itch in the middle of my back that I need to scratch. <laughs> and he'll contort his arms and <laughs> try true. to scratch his back. And everyone's, they're like, what? Uh, that's, how, that's how everybody feels, but nobody says mm. that. So, I mean, it's sort of that type of putting people at ease, surprising yep. them, being natural, being real, that mm. I think really uh, captivates people. For you. most people, speaking in public is very counterintuitive. 
and unnatural. I've seen so many people, even at the highest positions in enormous companies, multinational companies, literally peeing on themselves before going on stage and without, and they had to have 300 slides even so. to say hello. And they were very, and then when they were drinking almost half a, a full bottle uh, of, of water because they were afraid of having a dry mouth. Mm -hmm. But after 10 mm -hmm. seconds, they had a dry mouth because it is the way it the works. The anxiety so, of having a dry mouth. Exactly. Yes, I tell you one secret for that, and it's relate, it's, it also works for style. The truth is always better than a lie. Nice. So it means that if you're on a stage, if you're comfortable, you know what you have to do. Come on, you know what you have to say most of the time. You can be a little bit nervous. Tell people, sorry, I'm a little bit nervous. And immediately, mm. you know what it creates? Everybody loves you. And it creates empathy too. Exactly. That's and right. then people say, have this belief that saying, sorry, I'm a little bit nervous. Uh, that's the belief that you will look like a weak man. No, you look like a honest person that mm -hmm. everybody can relate to. And even if you are a CEO and you say that, you will create immediate love to, for who you are as a person. A second example. I've seen so many people struggling with a dry mouth. And I said to all the CEOs I was training, put a little stand on the stage with a glass of water. And if you need to drink, you stop, you take your glass, even if you have 18 cameras on you and 3,000 or 300,000 people in front of you. No, it's the same. You stop, you take your glass, you drink, you put back your glass and everybody will wait for you. Nobody will quit the, <laughs> the arena because you drink. So it's just because being natural means don't play a role as if you are able, like a camel in the desert, to speak for one hour and a half without drinking. This is ridiculous. That is. And you know, you just made me think of something that I started doing lately that other people may want to try. And that is when your mind is wondering, even when you're speaking, you can say, oh, the first thought that just popped into my mind, or I was just thinking, and it could be something not even on subject, of course. but it just make, draws people in and relate, makes them relate more to you and your unique way of thinking. So if you're brave enough and your mind starts to wonder, you can say, ah, oh, this thought just popped into my mind. Mm -hmm. It just draws the audience in mm -hmm. and it makes it look more natural, I think. Yeah. And that's what you're talking about, being natural. Yeah, and also this, all these artificial communication tools as a tendency to kill communication yeah, good and point, the real good communication is to yes. be. and this goes the same with elegance you have to find the correct balance between your elegance and to doing too much nonchalance confidence in yourself uh, being yourself and telling the truth is always the right path in any matters of life it's not easy Mm -hmm. you, you may have to, you know, I've seen so many people get some media training, but they were almost overtrained. They, uh, <laughs> you, you, have, you have to look to uh, somebody in the crowd. You oh, have to and be... the three second pause after a sentence. You can yeah. see people, one, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand, and uh, then yeah. begin to speak. Well, it so doesn't, it, it can, it's, it's kind yeah. of good to, to pause, but don't do it mechanically. That's yes, all that's right. a great It's the same it. with style. Try so, to be as nonchalant as you can, as natural as you can. Even if it's not easy, people adore what is natural and authentic. Oh, and last point, try to be humble. Because how, like, we could get all puffed up talking about what we know. But then we're like, okay, stop. You know, let's be let's be uh, humble and realize we're so blessed. Okay, continue to, to read. You know why? Because I need to drink. Okay, and drink I'm gonna water. Put a little, can I put the a little bit of section. music? Okay, it's not a very romantic. Uh, okay, so thing, no music. It, the next section is 
No, I'll have some of that water. We are. Yeah, we, we only we have one glass for oh, two. Because it's I just already a... drank mine. Hold on. <laughs> because you were afraid that people mm. would judge you if you drink. That's why. No, you have sparkling. Oh, we received the mail. I'm sorry. That's okay. I could, yeah. I could pause it. So well, that, that was sparkling. I usually drink natural. Okay, let's one. continue. Okay. Are you going to a wedding? This is the name of the next mm, section. Mamma mia. A disregard for one's personal image is indeed a problem, though a problem whose progression has been mitigated by the so-called men's style revolution, <laughs> parenthesis, more of a revival, actually, at work since a few years. There is much cause for rejoicing in the simple fact that a sartorial revival is on the rise. But we at Parisian Gentlemen, Sartorial Talks, also, still receive a lot of email telling us that becoming sartorially aware perhaps this is a corporate euphemism, is not an easy task, especially in a world where pocket squares, patinas, properly knotted ties, and the rest are all too often mocked by colleagues with the typical one-liners that you may know all too well, like, (laughs) are you going to a wedding? Are you going to a job interview? Are you attending a funeral? Are you going to church? Mm. These kinds of unimaginative Jabs are unfortunately a sad, sad reality for many. Yet, as with almost everything in life, there exists a solution. Yeah. The Holy Trinity, patience, perseverance, and experience. Patience, perseverance. Did I write that? You wrote that. I was very wise in 2015. That was more poetic than I I imagined. Yeah. Well, I mean, what you just... uh, I think many people can relate to that. Well, first of all, because most of people, they only dress when they go to a wedding or when they go to a job interview or when they go to a funeral. It's just the reality. So this is why in the, in the collective conscience, people will say, oh, 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 this guy, Hugo, is wearing a tie. No, not me. Let's say Robert is wearing a tie today. Oh, he might go to a funeral or to a job interview. So it's something that many, many people can relate to. And uh, we, I also receive mails from young guys who are really really interested. Well, I must say, if you are a new listener here, we, we constantly say sartorial, 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 sartorially. Sartorial means basically uh, tailored clothes. Sartori right. is, is the Italian name for tailoring. Mm-hmm. So sartorial means somebody, let's say, which is uh, Properly closed. Can you believe the creative director of Zenia's uh, named Alexandro Sartori? Yeah, some some people. I mean, we really lucked out on this one, right? This (laughs) is the 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 most famous brand. Yeah, the most famous brand in men's style in the world is uh, Hermenegildo Zenia. Anybody knows how to pronounce Hermenegildo? (laughs) You you practice. Yeah, I've been trained for that. (laughs) And he, the the creative director's name is Sartori. So yeah. it's as if me, my name was, uh, I don't know, podcaster <laughs> would be real, or YouTuber, whatever you call me, exactly. or writer. So whatever. Okay. Yeah. So the, the, sorry. It's just a disease, you know, this uh, thing, because it, some people have pushed it too far. But what is difficult, these young guys are right to me and said, Mr. Jacobi, I love dressing up, but I don't dare too much for two reasons. First, the mockery of my colleagues. And second, that my boss think that I'm uh, uh, better dressed than him. So maybe it means that I want to take his seat in the long run. Can you imagine how people are going far? No, I've heard them even say, uh, my boss told me, I don't know who you think you are, but yeah. you can just get down from that high horse you're riding on right now and wear yeah. 
just normal clothes. This and is, this is a lot of pressure for people. And they're like, this is strange. And countries where we're free to do what we want. It's strange, isn't it? It is more than strange. I think it's a disaster. I think it's the, it's the victory of mediocrity. Yes. It's the victory of um, some kind of um, uniformization. We live in a ready-to world. Ready to wear. Everybody's wearing the same shirt in America. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. Ready to think PowerPoint. It's a ready to think equipment. You know, uh, everybody's thinking about teamwork. It's ready to think. Uh, ready to find your next sexual partner with all the websites. You don't even have to make an effort. It's easy, one click. Uh, ready to uh, eat. You just have, uh, here in Bourgogne, we have a beautiful cooking piano. We love to cook, we love to prepare, we love to buy fresh. We don't do it every day, let's be honest, but we love to do that. But so many people just put something in the uh, microwave and are ready to eat, ready to behave. Everything is ready too. The and funniest I, is in the 80s when it was ready to exercise. You just put a big band around oh, yeah, your yeah, um, stomach and, and jiggled it's, it. It's still, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's still exercise for you. But it's still on the market. It's, it probably is. Yeah. This, ready, is, this it's, is crazy. It's, 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 <laughs> you work out without working out. They call it well, static, a static move. I used to be a trainer and that was like a static move. Yeah. Where you just tense and relax. A so static so move. That's an American <laughs> invention. Listen know. to me. I think it's a very, I'm sorry, I, I love America for many reasons, but on that, it's all about comfort, laziness, convenience. And convenience. That's right. Convenience is the word. And so, what I answer to these young guys who said, okay, just it takes a little bit of courage at the beginning. Don't put your career at stake if it's really a problem, but go slowly. Start mm. with a pocket square or just a well cut uh, jacket. And then, little by little, when you get used to the gaze of other and the judgment because it's about judgment. It's all about judgmental attitudes. Then you can add maybe a tie. Uh, and if it doesn't work, remove it and try it another time. You know, little by little until you're comfortable with the fact that you have the right to dress the way you want. You don't have to have a stupid t-shirt and, and go with a, an unshaved beard because you have to, because you work in the tech industry. Once again, uh, the supposedly freedom those people have is the reverse. They're just following the flock. I don't even know if you know the story, but uh, there was an experiment done by someone on a popular website where about maybe two and a half years ago, where he mm -hmm. said, I'm going to wear a suit for a month and see what happens. Yes. And everyone sort of laughed because we all have this picture in our mind of a guy wearing a suit. And um, of course, we're in the business, so we know, you know, uh, the <laughs> difference between, uh, sorry to be political, Obama wearing a suit and Trump wearing a suit. I yeah. mean, we know the difference, okay? Yeah. So not, we don't need to say any more about that. But this guy was very elegant in his choice of suits. And he changed the minds of people at work of because of the, there's a suit and then there's a suit. And he wore the suit. And this was a very clever experiment. And especially the women were very responsive so very oh, interesting yeah. interesting oh yeah very so let's responsive move to the next section can i put some music uh, go ahead you're okay, really wanting to do that to so. this beautiful piano by a we have oh, original music this, let's let's use it let's a use bit. it okay and this title is one that i did i missed when i read this earlier so did you know trees that are slow to grow bear the best fruits this is what you you say i didn't know that mm. you say 
Realizing how important personal style can be in your life can make you feel impatient. You might want to change everything overnight and go a little bit overboard as a result. I'm no stranger to such a pitfall. And That's true. As in the past, I've found myself overdressed on occasion. It's a rookie mistake and one that's never going and one that's never more glaring than when money is not an issue. <laughs> no matter the size of your wallet, never blindly and thoughtlessly buy just anything. Mm -hmm. Even if we're recommending it, don't buy just anything without taking some time to consider the entire process. Think of Think everything through and stop to ask yourself, is my purchase coherent with my own personal style? Take your time and try a few things and read about some fun fundamental rules or guidelines, perhaps on the Parisian Gentleman Academy. That's right. Whether you like it or not, patience is a requirement no matter how much money you can or you cannot afford to spend based on my personal experience of daily observations of others here are a few pieces of hard-earned wisdom that should serve you well shall i read them uh well let me answer quickly about i mean comment a little bit what okay. you said uh i was not i'm not it took me years to really um literally uh find this conclusion is that I'm a very impetuous person too. Well, I didn't have the wallet to buy anything I wanted. That maybe saved me. But um, it's just like custom suiting, for example, is a fantastic school of patience. And of course, if you can go to the summit of the pyramid with real bespoke tailoring in England, in Italy, in some few places in America where people really do the suits, if you have the wallet for that, but also the patience. Yes. And what is very interesting is that this is probably one of the only sectors in life where money and time are not related. Because normally, people who have a lot of money, they don't want to wait, by definition. They can buy everything like that because they have the firepower to reduce the time and then reach their holy grail, which is convenience. You know, I want this immediately. I want to buy this Porsche or this yacht, but I want it, you know, normally it's six months. I want it in two hours. So are you saying having too much money could actually be to your disadvantage in finding your style because you don't research and not, consider not items? Not exactly. This is not what I want to say. What I want to say is that there's a paradox in men's style of the highest level, is mm -hmm. that the more you pay a high price for a bespoke suit, the more you have to wait. Okay. And then, normally it's the reverse. You pay, people go fast. No, in bespoke suiting, when uh, the artisan has to work 80 hours on your suit, uh, you can't compress 80 hours. 80 hours is 80 hours and three or four fittings. And if you don't live exactly where this guy is, or if, if he's traveling to you twice, or he has to do three fittings, it will take time, no matter how much money you have. So, so the more money you have, the longer, uh, the more money you spend, the longer you have to wait. That's very contradictory. Yes, it is a paradox. And this is something, but at the same time, when you deep dive a little bit in this way of thinking, and if on top of that, you try to understand what you buy, you try to comprehend, to say, okay, what am I buying? 
I'm buying a tradition, a gesture, a lot of sweat, a lot of, you know, transmission from father to son. I'm buying this. Then all of a sudden you participate to something mm-hmm. else. It's, it's not only buying a suit. I'm sorry. I know I'm kind of be very lyrical about that because I've been, it's been my passion for decades and I try to transmit this. But in a nutshell, it's true. Uh, how do I say about the fruits and patience? Bear. Your title is Trees That Are Slow to Grow Bear the Best Fruits. Trees that are slow to grow bear the best fruit. This is so true in winemaking. It's the reality. You understand yes. that now we live even in agriculture. Now, we, you know, with this new process and artificial stuff, you can grow things. It's like uh, buying strawberries in December. This is ridiculous. Okay, in France, we are very precise that if we want buy seasonal fruits, for example, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. be patient a little bit. Sorry, I'll go a little bit far, but no, it's funny because if, for example, you order something, um, sorry to use the word Amazon because it's very, it's kind of overpowering everything right yeah. now. But if you order something and they go, do you want it faster? You yeah. can pay yeah. fifteen dollars more, yeah. euros more, get yeah. it faster. This is exactly the opposite. Well, and even we and, have to confess, we you, like it. We, like we do. It. I know, but you and. and fact said at one time that you enjoy waiting for your suit but don't tell your tailor that and you know why why because when you are waiting for something you really desire you dream dream i knew you were going to say that it's the same in a relationship Mm. right if you dream of having this woman or having this man and you dream for your first date and i'm sorry people i don't want to go too far but you don't do things too fast it becomes so much more delicious and intense. It's the same for every sector of life. We should re-educate ourselves. We should re-educate ourselves to be able to uh, wait a little bit. And you also remember those times very intensely, the waiting periods, whatever it might apply to. You remember the waiting period and remembering is another part of the equation. Exactly. Same for cooking. We know that very well. We make pot-au-feu in France. Yes. You know, this is yeah. the national mm-hmm. dish here. So okay? nice. You can make a pot-au-feu in an hour with this coconut uh, minute, we call it, the steam cooker. That's very fast. 40 minutes, which is for people, they can't <laughs> even wait 40 minutes. Me, when I make a pot-au-feu, you know, it's, it, it cooks for three, four, five, six hours. But it bears the best vegetables in this case because a vegetable or even the beef who has been simmering for hours and hours. Not only it's fantastic because you're all, the whole house smells good. Yes, it touches two days. almost all the senses. Exactly. So, it, it, and, and it communicates hospitality and, you know, it reminds me... And beauty. Memories also of my youth with my mom doing mm. this. And then the meat is 10 times better. It's literally, it's like... Um, so you understand, cooking needs requires time. So let's re-educate ourselves to wait a little bit. Lovely. Okay, I'm going to transition into your points, but that was so uh, thought-provoking. These are some concrete things I'm about to read today. So we're going to switch switch gears into the concrete realm. Okay. Okay. You say, I'm going to reread the sentence, based on my own personal experience and daily observation of others, here are a few pieces of hard-earned wisdom that should serve you well. Number one, take the time to try out a few different jacket styles to see which is the most complementary to your body type. Mm 
I discovered that a double-breasted jacket and coat fits me best. It doesn't mean that I never wear single-breasted suits, but it does mean that when I really need to feel at the top of my game, I always choose to wear a double-breasted jacket or coat. Absolutely. So you learn that about yourself. Yeah, it's not a given. Double-breasted is difficult to wear. Uh, You have to to have confidence a little bit in yourself because also people have this strange idea about double-breasted. This is the banker from the 1980s, you know, because it was ill-fitted. Double-breasted. Right, right. But I'm wearing a double-breasted suit. There's a suit, and suit, there's a you suit. Know, it's a it's I beautiful. Mean, this is our, uh, 75% of my wardrobe, but it took a little bit of time. And to when you started, that. you were purchasing each Chiffonelli piece. You went straight to the top, Chiffonelli in Paris, and yes. you were purchasing, saving your money, buying your suit, probably the first four suits before you even became known in the industry. Yeah. Yes. Of course, yeah, yeah, and I decided to take this path, and even if I was impetuous, but I was dreaming of my suit constantly. Today, I'm waiting for some shoes, for example. Oh, yes. I'm dreaming about my shoes. That's right. I can't wait to receive them because I know they're going to be extraordinary. And uh, I'm going to receive, uh, I know how I got some shoes coming from a brand called Mariano in Portugal. Uh, they do fantastic lounge shoes. I never had lounge shoes, you know, these shoes you wear inside your home. Yes. And it's, a, it's a, maybe a surprise for you. I supposedly have one of the biggest wardrobe in the world, which this is not true. I don't have lounge shoes. And now I've been looking at these pictures at least uh, 35 times because right. I can't wait to receive them. Yes, it's like you've got all the fundamentals down and then you're going to the next Exactly. The it's just area. Education. It's lovely. It's, it's lovely. like Chesterton. Uh, you remember Gilbert, Gilbert Keith Chesterton? I do. This is one of my favorite writers of all times. And what does he say? Why is he, he loves life and why... You, you, you remember you, you, you started reading his uh, autobiography. His biography. He can be... You don't remember? I, there's so many things. I'm, I'm getting ready to talk no, about something else he said. Say, Chesterton would say, I'm ready to be surprised and see a marvel. Yes, or, he says whenever he's, for example, going down a road and yes. he rounds a corner, yes. he all he can think about is what's around the corner. Exactly. And he, ooh, he draws images in his mind and he thinks about exactly. what could happen and the possibilities. Same thing when he sees the front of a house. The main thing he does is think about, he wants to go around and see what the back of the house exactly. looks like. Let's re-educate ourselves to dream and to imagine. We live in an era where everything is pre-chewed for us. The pictures are here. There's no more surprises. You understand? You can go as far. Even when you buy a house, you can see the 3D and everything before even visiting the house. If you want to buy a real estate uh, uh, house, now you can visit it virtually. When we bought <laughs> this house, virtually. Honestly, That's right. virtually, we would have not bought it. No, but no, we, we had to see it. Something. So it, you understand? Yes. This is the same with PowerPoint. This is the same with style. I am deeply, um, 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 I'm sure that we have to reeducate ourselves to wait, to dream, to imagine, and not taking all this avalanche of image and sounds and information that we receive constantly try to rediscover that the real journey of your life is inside of you, is not only on the internet and outside of you. Beautiful. You just said that you like double-breasted. I adore. In in these recommendations you're making, you said, then I discovered that since I'm average height, about you're about a little over 5'10", 
Peak lapels. 1 mètre 78 in French, so 510. Peak lapels make my silhouette look better since peaks tend to make me look taller. You're wearing a peak lapel well, right now. Well, this one is a very, very peaked to say that yes, it's a very yes. extreme. Yeah, it makes me look taller. So, this for is sure. another point. Mm -hmm. And um, you said it took you two years to realize just these simple two things about yourself in order to better develop your silhouette. So, it takes time. It it's takes taking time. some time. And you have to make mistakes also. Yes. The second point. If you're not sure which colors look best on you and you don't want to take the risk of making a mistake, then invest in five well-fitted white shirts. You really can't go wrong with the decision to buy a few good white shirts. Mm -hmm. And once you feel ready to try different colors, experiment with different shades to find the ones that work best for you. Shirts you can, you know, not spend a lot of money on That's right. and then know, um, you know, which colors suit you the best. You say Never fear or underestimate the less common colors. For example, I recently discovered after six years in the business that pink is an excellent color for me. Yeah. I'm wearing pink today. Yeah, beautiful. Once you've settled on your favorite color, try to find your third and establish a color hierarchy. And then decide which colors are best suited for different areas mm -hmm. you say some colors will feel more formal some more business and some more casual i never thought about classifying colors like that yeah you this is very true i mean you 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 first of all the white shirt you wrote an article called telling the boys from the man something yes. like that or telling the man from the boys actually you can't go wrong with the white shirt i was criticized a little bit or i mean criticized Among the community, because I'm I'm wearing probably 75% of the time white shirts. You are. I didn't well, know yes, you were criticized. Just because it's just for me, it's the it's the epitome of simplicity and a white shirt. You can't go around with any kind of suits and and, and even ties. Uh, but then I progressed a little bit in patterns, in stripes. I'm not a big fan of checks, or squares. Well, maybe because I'm I'm kind of muscular and I have you know I, I'm 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 not big at all, but I have, I have some muscles, so squares are not really, checks is not very good for my morphology, but it took me also time to understand all that. You see, it's, time is everything in this kind, you can refine, and, and for example, I, 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 I really disliked loafers until recently, and it took me 11 years to find out, that, okay, Belgian loafers, I can wear them. You yes, understand? I so do understand. Time is everything, don't be too impatient. You were just speaking of patterns, and that's your third point. You said, be careful with patterns. Try different patterns um, on first, at first by using less expensive shirts and ties just to experiment. If you're afraid of going overboard, start with muted patterns. Yes. And don't go straight for the bold stripes and the oversized motifs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get so a little bit ease of... Ease into a, the patterns, right? Yeah, this is very pattern. That is, This is a paisley is. pattern. But, well, I can say I have a little bit of experience now. You know, the outfit I'm, I'm wearing today is very simple. Mid-gray, if you don't have the... YouTube, on YouTube, you can see it. On the podcast, you may not. Of course, you don't see it. So mm -hmm. it's a gray double-breasted with large lapels and then uh, just to... And a white shirt. So I hesitated be, between very being very monochromatic. 
Mark and uh, uh, putting a, a, a gray Prince of Wales pattern tie. And, but I said, well, it's a little bit not enough. So I decided to go for a, a little bit of bolder pattern of this tie, which is from the urban ties. The urban ties there are Dan in, in uh, Romania. Dan Kostash. Hello, Dan. He's from Romania. Yes. Romania is a very interesting country. That's a really nice one. Yeah, it's a good. So it is, uh, you, be careful. Go slowly with patterns, but uh, just make tries I'll give you a little secret if you yes. want to go crazy yeah like a crazy tie make everything else as monochromatic and, exactly. and dull and not I mean dull in a good sense as yeah. possible and don't over coordinate right I have a crazy um, checked suit and everything else is really low key yeah and that way you don't look like a, you know just stepped out of the yeah. circus and never forget that what should remain the center of the picture is never your suit or your jacket or your towel. It's yourself. Yourself. This exactly. is very important. Fourth point. When you start, it's best to keep accessories to minimum. Yes. As a rule of thumb, at the beginning of your sartorial journey, you should use only one accessory yes. with your ensemble, whether it's handkerchief, a tie clip or pen, or a subtle lapel ornament. But try not to overdo it. You say that it took you three years to feel comfortable with wearing both a tie, uh, a tie bar and a handkerchief, or you could say pocket square. And I'm sh you're still very careful with jewelry and lapel, lapel ornaments. Yeah, yeah, but look today. I mean, I'm just wearing yes. a pocket square and that's it. Because I, that's I right. consider tie that my tie square. is bold. Yes. So it's so bold that I didn't add any kind of tie pin, tie bar, stuff like that. I would have been a little bit too much. Uh, but it, this is experiment. It doesn't mean... I'm not saying that you have to do like me. I'm not claiming to know the truth about all that. It's just my experience. And I think that, and on top of that, I have long white hair. Right. So right. I can really quickly look like I overdo things. So I have to, to make sure. You have to balance everything, yes. right? Not overdo it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. The last I'm sorry. It sounds to me like I'm speaking too much about myself, but I'm just... T taking example on my experience. I don't think you're speaking too much about yourself. I'll remind you, one time we were in Madrid and you were speaking a lot about yourself because you were trying to make a point and feeling passionate. And um, I was trying to like shorten the, um, the what you were saying just to move on. And mm -hmm. someone said, don't interrupt. You go, <laughs> it's like you're interrupting a concert of a, of a famous violinist or a okay. virtuoso. So, okay, now I'm embarrassing. Spare my blushes. <laughs> I'm Please. embarrassing you. So from then on, I just love to hear what you have to say. And I know other people do too. So here we go with the fifth point. And guess what? We've already covered it. It's try before you buy. Yeah, of course. And that so is, uh, it's a self-explanatory. It is. It is. And you uh, referenced an article called 10 Commandments of the Pocket Square. Yeah, by generally is a guy yes. who used to work used for to us. Work uh, no, not to work, to, to contribute. Write. Yes, and he did a beautiful uh, the Ten Commandments of the Pocket Square. Basically, never try a pocket, never buy a pocket square of the rack. Always try it, and then he, he gave us a few secrets that you can use. <laughs> yes. Well, it's a little bit difficult to say on the microphone. <laughs> well, I can say it because I'm me. But yeah. yeah, he talked about you know, hey, if you don't have a pocket square, try using maybe your girlfriend's silky underwear. Just put it in there. Nobody's gonna know. Okay. So anyway. Uh, okay. Yeah, so this is probably oh, yeah, going to get some I confess I never did this <laughs> like, with uh, my wife's underwear. No, we just kind of joked about it. But we, exactly. no, I don't think you ever... May, uh, no, you didn't. Okay, so next, moving on. You say a pocket square that pops out of the display uh, window 
quite nicely can end up looking really badly. Yes. So just reiterating, try before you buy. And reversely, a pocket square that looks like nothing can look extraordinary. Can come alive. Exactly. That's right. Who knew your rust pocket square would be such a phenomenon? Mm. For you say, from my experience, it took nearly five years to finally discover that a rust-colored pocket square suits me best. I'm clairvoyant. I might seem like a trivial, it might seem like a trivial discovery to you, but finding that one specific square that I preferred over all the others has served me so well during my sartorial journey and yeah. i can testify that's the truth yeah rust never sleeps was saying nell young rust is a fantastic color uh, i got a rust pocket square again yes today. You, got, you did get another yeah. one at least yeah, to yeah. Mix it i up have a, a few now because <laughs> i've been wearing the same over and over again for almost five or six years but rust never sleeps nell young says and that's true mm-hmm. rust in pocket square and even in ties it goes with everything this is a small small tip for you let's continue we're 47 minutes in already conclusion. let's uh, I would, I would, oh it's in conclusion in conclusion you say that I could keep going with a variety of subjects and examples to illustrate the point that finding your personal style does take a lot of time and experience, but I think the point has been made. So toil education, as with any other endeavor that has an impact on your existence, is a path that takes a little attention and a lot of patience in order to bear beautiful fruit. Of course, if your bank account allows it, a trip to a bespoke salon in Paris, London, Milan, or Naples is the perfect school that will most definitely teach you the meaning of patience. Mm -hmm. In this case, there's no question that you will have to wait for your suit, even if it seems like an eternity, and even if you just pay thousands of dollars or euros for the bespoke experience. But... If you cannot afford bespoke tailoring yet, then following follow the advice above. And don't forget, as Molière once wrote in La Malade Imaginaire. La Malade Imaginaire, imaginary. Mm-hmm. The guy this who thought he was sick. This is where you got the title. Yes. And it is, trees that are slow to grow bear the best fruits. Yeah, I can even, uh, to conclude, um, I had, there's an African proverb that I also like a lot. Uh, I will say it in French and try to translate it in English. And I put a little bit of the end music to tell you that we are about to end. It's that, uh, it says in French, uh, au bout de la patience, il y a le ciel. And we can translate this at, at the end of patience, there is the sky. And I love this idea that if you are patient, you're going to reach the sky. Beautiful. And this is an African. Thank you for Thank you. this. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have been revisiting with you this, this old article. Thank you for your patience, Sonia, with me oh, today because I was patience. very I excited. Uh, thank you for listening. We hope you, we, you appreciate. So I remember, I remind you, you can uh, listen to this podcast, of course. You can look at it on YouTube. And for those who want to support our show, we never say that normally, but I have to share it with you because some people may not know we have a Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash talks. If you want to support our show, if you want to help us make this a more elegant world, and on top of that, if you want to have access to some exclusive content, go and visit our Patreon page called Sartorial Talks. Thank you, everybody, for Thank listening you, and watching. Bye-bye, darling. Bye. See you next time. Everybody, cheers. Take care of your cheers. beloved one. Bye-bye. Bye.